Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm Lori LeBay, the host and founder of Alzheimer's Speaks. And today we're going to be talking with uh, Curti Kelsa, who is with the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation. But before I get into my introduction with her, and um, we learn just a lot of fabulous work that, that her and the foundation are doing, I always like to tell people a little bit about Alzheimer's Speaks, because we're always getting new listeners, which I so appreciate. So bottom line, Alzheimer's Speaks is an avid advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. And I felt a need for that because my mom had dementia for 30 years and I felt lost. And so it's really quite an honor to be able to talk with people all over the world that are dealing with this disease, people who have dementia, people who are caring for them, both families and professionals and organizations and advocates. And the list just goes on and on and on. We also here are known as a media outlet. So so if uh, a business is interested in expanding their audience, um, please feel free to talk to me about that. We have lots of opportunities. Our core beliefs here are just having everyday conversations. You know, how do we do that um, and, and have people feel comfortable instead of fleeing us when we want to bring up the discussion of dementia or the discussion of, you know, how do we care for ourselves or for one another? And it's just extremely important. And so I love that we do kind of talk radio here. We have an everyday conversation about important topics to be able to break myths and, and help bring you resources. We also believe really deeply that the only way we're going to win this battle is to work collaboratively together. And I know that that's working thanks to each and every one of you. You see your likes, your clicks, your shares have really helped this movement push forward. For example, here at Alzheimer's Speaks, you're the one that got us recognized by Oprah and Maria Shriver and Dr. Oz. That wasn't us. That was you guys sharing our information. And, and I can't thank you enough. And I want to share those acknowledgments with you because I truly do believe it's a team, team effort. I also want to invite you to be a guest on the show because, again, we need to hear from everybody at all levels because we're a team. We're, you know, it takes a village um, to live in this world. And um, it's very important that we include all voices. So I would love to hear your story, your thought, and you know how you feel we can improve the world with our dementia care culture. I also get a question a lot of, you know, where can I meet you personally? Where are you going to be speaking? Because I do a lot of keynotes and conferences. So in March, um, I am going to be in Chesterton, Indiana. I'm going to be working with the library system there. They are doing a free, um, they call it community conversations, and we're going to be screening the film His Neighbor Phil, and I will be in Indiana from March 6th to March 9th. 
And then March 15th through the 19th, I'm going to be down in Melbourne, Florida. And there is a, a family caregiver conference, and I'm really excited about that. And then the end of March, the 26th through the 28th, I'm going to be out in Spokane, Washington, doing a Northwest Rural Health Conference. And you can find information on all of those um, if you just go to alzheimerspeaks.com. They're right on the, the front page. I always like to give a shout out to a couple of organizations. One is typically the Alzheimer's Research and Foundation, but I'm going to bypass that because you're going to get way more than my spiel on it. So, uh, but I do want to highlight a couple, a couple of organizations. One is called the Roberto App, and I absolutely love this because it helps measure brain function, and it's very inexpensive. Again, if you go to our homepage, there's a code, and you'll get double kind of the free trial to see what it's like but it was developed by athletes worried about their brain function you know with concussions and things like that and they've now expanded it so it's available to everyone they're also bringing this into the schools and doing some school challenges and they're going into the corporate world to um, show how it can help with team building and you know for individuals um, you know if your score isn't the best that doesn't mean you have dementia you know we have to look at a, an array of things which is part of what Curtis will talk about today too. Again, that's called the Roberto app and you can just go to the app store and, and pick that up or again, go to our site and you can get the code so you can get a little bit uh, longer trial of that. And then the, the Women's Alzheimer's Movement, which is Maria Shriver's and I just adore her to death, um, is doing wonderful work. They're known as, as WAM. They're going to be doing Move for Minds, um, which will come out in June and we don't don't have all the details yet but I know it's going to be expanded so I will keep you posted as I get information on that and then the last organization is called the call alert center which I love you know with dementia there's always a possibility of somebody wandering and you never know what's going to happen until it happens and this is a system that allows you to prepare ahead of time because you you know when you're in crisis you don't want to be figuring out how tall is somebody and how much do they weigh and you just want that stuff in place and the call alert center will work with the police and with you and they will disseminate an alert through the phone system and then they put together a um a piece that you can share kind of with what they call your buddy list on social media because a lot of times it's it's eyes and ears on the ground that can really help speed up the process in terms of finding someone. Let's get to our topic today. We are going to be talking about how to achieve brain longevity in our golden years. And um, I am slowly creeping up. I should say fastly creeping up on my golden years here because I'm going to be 60 <laughs> pretty soon. And and um, it just amazes me how time flies and, and how, I, how I'm falling into that, uh, that category here really quickly. We have uh, Kurti Kalsa with us, and she, she is from Rome, Italy, and she also lives in uh, Tucson, Arizona, and she is the CEO and the co-founder of the Alzheimer's Research Prevention Foundation, and she is really driven by her passion to help elders you know, stay healthy and vibrant and really, you know, continue to be a part of our community. And she is a uh, yoga practitioner for over 30 years and a yoga teacher for seniors um, and people with disabilities for 20. And so she just has some great insight. She's one of the kindest people I, I've met in my life. I just adore her. She enjoys gardening in her spare time and she 
she speaks five languages, but she's going to have to keep it to English because this girl only speaks one. So welcome, Curdy. How are you today? Thank you so much, Laurie. I'm doing great, and I'm so glad to be with you and everyone listening today. And um, before we start, I just want to say how I honor your work, and I acknowledge, and I'm, I'm really, um, I want to congratulate you for what you've done, because uh, it's alzheimerspeaks.com is a really a wonderful resource for people. I've, I've participated, I've, I've listened in to many of your um, programs, and I look at it, I refer people to it very often, even in our trainings, because people are lost, and there is no one center place where you can learn, and you can be inspired, and you can share, and you can just be part, feel that you're part of a community. So thank you, and congratulations for this, and sometimes, you know, life does give us um, lemons, and mm -hmm. uh, you've done, you've made a lot of really good lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you. That's, that's so kind. This really is, you know, was developed for my mom with my mom, and um, it's been a gift. It's, it's not been a fun journey. It's not one that I would, you know, say, sign up for this one, <laughs> you know, but yet there have been so many gifts along the way that the people that you get to meet on this journey are typically so authentic because everybody's lost in this, in this kind of mess and they're all looking for answers and they share authentically and the masks come off you know, it's just, they're, they're real. And you have these deep conversations and, and support that is almost unimaginable, even with people that you've never physically met, but just maybe connected with over the internet. It's, it's absolutely fabulous. So great job. And thank you for bringing us all together here. And how many years have you done this now? You know, I, I stepped into this space in 2009, um, and then I formally kind of went full-time in uh, 2011. I attribute our success to just not trying to be perfect and just trying to have a conversation and be inclusive. So, um, Curdy, before we get into our line of questions, I always like to ask my guests one, one question, and it, it, that is, have, have you had any family members or friends personally diagnosed or struggling with, with concerns with memory issues? Actually, no, I can't, I can't really say that. Um, I, I've been, I've always growing up as a child, I was very, very close to my grandparents, all my four grandparents that um, were all living. And uh, I just spent a lot of time with them. And I've been just uh, in that um, relationship, you know, I value, I, I always valued, it was always very comforting to me. And, and I just felt that it was something very important for people, for everyone. And so um, when I came to the States and I, I married Dr. Dharma, who's the founder of the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation, he had this very strong interest in the holistic approach to keeping your brain health. And so um, I, I am not a medical person, but I just, that mission sort of really clicked with me. And so we started working together and here we are. <laughs> But uh, I am very, I, I, I teach seniors and I also give presentations at um, independent living and sometimes assisted living communities. And 
And I just really care for these, you know, older people that um, are going through their golden years and sometimes mm -hmm. not in a very, you know, successful way. And um, so that's the title of our, our presentation. And I did want to mention that um, I put in the title our golden years, but really this should be for everyone, mm -hmm. you know, people in their 40s. Um, I'm 55 and I definitely, you know, think I really need to be more careful about what I do and how this is going to impact my overall health and my brain health. So really there's no, um, as, as some of our movie movies that we've seen and these new documentaries are showing, it's really important to start. It doesn't matter when you start. It's never too late. It's never too early. So, yep. you know, it's a continuum. Kids need to be taught how to eat right and, you know, and be pay attention and so that they, we can maybe curb all this ADD or ADHD yep. trend, right? And then the other extreme is, you know, our, our seniors need to be encouraged to keep, uh, keep up with positive um, and healthy lifestyle choices. So it's a continuum. Mm -hmm. Well, um, today, again, we're going to be talking about brain longevity in the golden years. But can you explain to people what exactly is brain longevity? And I know you've got kind of a PowerPoint to help kind of guide this because sometimes it's nice to have the visuals along with the conversation. So what is brain longevity? In a nutshell, it's keeping your brain healthy so that then you, we, you and us, we have less of a chance of having um, cognitive decline, um, cognitive dysfunction uh, of any kind. So if we realize that the body is um, one and what, you know, what works, the basic concept behind the brain is that what works for the heart works for the brain and the head. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if we stay healthy, uh, it's going to impact our overall, our brain, and it's going to impact our heart, it's going impa to impact our immune system, and so on. And so it's really a, a simple idea, like, you know, what you said um, about Alzheimer's Speaks, it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't really take rocket science. It's yeah. just sort of common sense. And yet, you know, we, we've seen it. So I'll just jump ahead just a little bit. And I'll say we've been, um, this foundation has been um, in existence for 25 years. And in these 25 years, we've gone from total denial about that there's anything you could do for the brain. When Alzheimer's was hardly even known, 25 years ago, the word Alzheimer's, of course, doctors knew what Alzheimer's was, but the public didn't really know. And to now where everybody knows what Alzheimer's is, important to realize you can actually do something for your brain. Yeah, very, very true. Um, the simplicity is so powerful and we make things so complicated sometimes. And then people think that it's not possible. It's going to be too much work. It's going to take too much time or too much effort or too much money. And so I think talking in just simple terms is really 
you know, very powerful for people to understand and for people to be able to incorporate different things into their life as well. So what I wanted to mention is, I know everyone here is very familiar with this, unfortunately, but just to summarize what the the devastating trend of Alzheimer's is, there's more and more um, people being diagnosed. The first um, actual risk factor for the development of dementia is age so as we all as we know we you know our whole world is aging there's more older people you know now than that has ever have ever been and so um i'll just focus on the in the on the u.s the alzheimer's on the rise 5.4 million americans of all ages have alzheimer's and of those 5.2 million are age 65 or older. It's the fifth leading cause of death in this age group, but it's the sixth leading cause of death in all, in all leading causes of death in the US. And um, very sadly, more than 60% of those age 70 with Alzheimer's won't live to be 80. So we are losing wonderful people in our wonderful families in our communities to this terrible. Just to illustrate what I was saying before, that everybody knows what Alzheimer's is. Um, there was a poll a couple of years ago, and the, the boomers' the number one goal was to maintain a sharp brain with age. So we are healthy. We're living longer, obviously, because in general, people are healthier than before in history. And yet the boomers' number one fear is to get Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we are in touch with the reality, which is just, you know, a scary reality. Um, so now to bring it back to our, um, our topic here. So our foundation is the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation was founded in 1993, which seems impossible. <laughs> by uh, Dr. Dharma and myself, and we are dedicated to the prevention of Alzheimer's disease by funding neuroscience research on lifestyle methods, including yoga and meditation, and providing educational outreach and memory screenings as awareness program, Alzheimer's awareness program. Because as you know, um, when you are out and you talk to people, there's two things that happen. One is people say, I don't want to know. Yeah. And then two, people come and say, I need to know what to do to prepare myself and mm-hmm. what are my, my risk factors. So our foundation, we get asked this question all the time. You know, how are you different from other Alzheimer's um, charities? And really we're different because we fund research on lifestyle we do not really are not interested in the drug approach. That that is very important for a certain segment of people. Once people are the mid or later stage of Alzheimer's, there's a, they need a lot of help, obviously, and it's devastating. And our goal is really to talk to people while we're healthy and we're active, and we want to train people how to um, stay active and healthy for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
to kind of summarize that this is what we've been doing um, for the last 25 years. We've been dedicating research to the prevention of Alzheimer's through yoga, meditation, and lifestyle. Uh, we've been revolutionizing the conventional medical wisdom because really everybody always thought you just take a pill and you know manage it that way. And unfortunately, it's really not the status of affairs right now because there is no magic pill and no drugs are really working um, very effectively. There are some medications that are working in some people, but um, not not extent, as extensively as needed. We've been establishing Alzheimer's disease as a preventable disease that can even be effectively treated and often prevented via a brain-healthy lifestyle. And I need to add that, you know, it can be treated, we believe that it can be treated in the very early stages, of course. Mm -hmm. And then we've been educating the public about the disease and ways to delay its development and reduce the risk factors. And um, this is, uh, we're, you know, we're very lucky and we're very proud to call these research institutes our research partners. Uh, West Virginia University, School of Public Health, the University of New Mexico, UCLA, Department of Psychiatry, the University of Arizona, the Arizona Center on Aging, Penn in Philadelphia, and the famous, the most the largest research institute in the world is the Karolinska Institute. And so we've been funding and working with all of these institutions. Wow, that's fantastic. I didn't, I didn't realize the extensive partnerships that you have. That is really, really cool. So congratulations. Thank Can you get into, I know that you, um, you have a belief that there's kind of four pillars to Alzheimer's and, and dementia prevention. Can you talk a little bit more about that and how people can bring this information into their own communities? Yes, of course. Thank you. So um, we, we designed these four pillars of Alzheimer's prevention. Um, the first one is diet and brain-specific nutrients. The second is stress management. The third is mental and physical exercise. And the fourth is spiritual fitness. So I'll talk a little bit about each one of them. And um, if people have any questions after this, I will also refer you to uh, free resources. But basically, the idea is what can we do on our own in our own daily life to empower ourselves to stay as healthy and take care of our brain as much as we can? We don't need to rely on, you know, outside influences or outside advice or, you know, because what we do every day is really what matters. So diet is the thing we do, you know, we do the most after probably after sleep is we eat. So <laughs> the Alzheimer's prevention diet or a brain longevity diet includes 20% of good fat, uh, like, um, extra virgin olive oil, avocado, nuts, flaxseed oil, omega-3s, so good fat, omega-3s from fish, and then 40% lean protein, like fish, chicken, turkey, soy, if people are vegetarian, and 40% complex carbohydrates, and we don't mean sugar here, um, such as vegetables, legumes, some whole grains, um, 
fresh fruit, of course. Um, so that makes up your um, carbohydrates intake. And then superfoods for the brain. What are those? Blueberries. Everybody knows about blueberries. Spinach. So the dark color produce, um, plums, um, leafy green vegetables. All of these are very high antioxidants, and that's really what helps bring nutrition to the brain and gives really proper nutrition to the brain. Number two is stress management because really it just seems almost incredible, but it just seems that there is more and more stress. It's not going away. (laughs) I would just like to know who does not have stress in this day and age. And I'll tell you, sometimes at these um, assisted living communities, I'll give this presentation and I'll say, Who has stress? Raise your hand. Everybody raises their hand. You know, it's just amazing. Older people, our elders have very legitimate stress because they may be having health problems. They may have a spouse that has health problems. They may have children that have economic difficulty. They may have grandchildren that are, you know, stationed somewhere in the Middle East. And so, they may have financial issues themselves. So everybody has stress. So stress kills. This is the reality. If we don't manage the stress, it's, you know, it's very, very deleterious to our brain and our overall health. Exercise. I think many, many people know now, you know, the importance of physical exercise and keeping, keeping your overall health and it's used as an anti-cancer, you know, a, pre- a cancer preventative modality. It's used as a, of course, as a heart, um, heart disease prevention and treatment. And it's also very, very good for your brain because physical exercise increases your your breathing rate and also, you know, the pump, how much, you know, how faster your heart pumps. And so all of this together goes in your heart and it goes, of course, in your brain. So mm-hmm. it's very good for your brain. It doesn't have to be really serious, you know, pumping iron exercise. It can be a brisk walk. Um, It could be a dance class. There's more and more research coming out about all these different uh, types of physical activity that help your brain. Um, And then, of course, mental exercise is really true. Lose it, use it or lose it. Mm-hmm. So we need to exercise our brain, and it's not through work <laughs> because work is a different pathway. So it has to be novel exercises. And then the fourth is really spiritual fitness is um, the combination of psychological and spiritual wellness. So what do we mean by this? Some people are kind of taken aback by this. And what it means is really do something that gives you meaning. So whatever it is, if it's volunteering, if it's running a, a church group, Um, prayer, anything that, you know, writing a book, writing your memoirs, you'll see that in number two, in number pillar three and four, what is sort of a, it's unstated here, but it's a common is that it has some social um, component to it. Because when you exercise, you know, you likely go with a friend or go with a, a buddy or go with a group um, and uh, spiritual fitness, if you go volunteer, you usually, you know, I belong to Rotary and we do service projects. So we go next weekend, we're going to go garden at a 
it's in your home. And so, you know, you're there with other people that are like-minded that you share interests and stories and experiences with. And that's really, you know, what gives us meaning. So pursue something that gives you meaning. And I know that many times when people are not well um, or um, they're isolated, they, you know, we tend to get depressed and we can't, we tend to isolate ourselves even more. And that's really deleterious, not only of course to your state of mind and we don't want people to get depressed, but also, you know, for your brain, believe it or not for your brain. And so, um, I just want to mention uh, for all our listeners that we have free resources on just about all these topics. And um, we have them on our website, alzheimersprevention.org. You can get them as a download or hard copy. And they're free. We will mail them to you or you can download them right there on the spot. And um, we have them in English and we have them in Spanish. Right. Now, the, the four pillars one, is that a download or is that a hard copy? Both. Both? Okay. Okay. All, yes. Wonderful. Well, that, it's great information. And, I, you know, I love the four-pillar concept because I think sometimes people get the physical um, exercise we hear about, the diet we hear about, the stress management, not so much, and that, that social and spiritual connection. Those are so powerful and have such a big impact. And it's, it's nice to see those, you know, coming to the forefront. Because like you said, everybody has stress. Um, they might be hiding it, but it's there. It's there at some level. Oh my know? goodness! I mean, even if you know, if even if somebody didn't have any problems in their life, <laughs> just turn on the TV. My goodness, you know. Yep. It's, so it's just full of bad news, and and so yes, stress is very, 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 very important to be aware of it. You know. Your your company, your foundation, and I'm going to refer to it as ARPF because that's just a little bit shorter, um, <laughs> and that's what a lot of people refer to you as. You know, your focus has really been kind of on yoga and meditation, which for a long time, I, you know, my belief has been that's been a really uphill battle because, you know, people kind of poo-pooed it originally, and you guys have some, some great um, – evidence through your studies and stuff now that have really um, opened the doors and we're seeing not just the dementia community but the medical community really embrace this much more than what we've ever seen is it, that's what I'm seeing from my bird's eye view are you seeing that as well yes absolutely absolutely um, yes so yoga is common it's popular you see it on ads for businessmen uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, for, for children, for women, for, you know, older adults. So um, I just wanted to mention what is yoga. Yoga is a, a group of systems of ancient philosophy, practices, and lifestyle. It is uh, attributed to be about 5,000 years old. Um, it, it's, it's made up of breast control um, what is called pranayama, and specific bodily postures like asanas, which means, for example, sitting here on the mat, and mudras, which is a hand position, and meditation. 
and it's used worldwide for health and stress reduction. Um, having said this, I always, you know, because I'm a yoga teacher and, you know, when I go and I teach and I, I know that this is not the reality. This is, this picture here, you know, can turn people off. So I want to show you when we teach yoga, mm -hmm. this is the reality. You don't have to sit on the floor with your, you know, with your legs in a pretzel. You can sit in a chair. Absolutely. This is one of our, our teachers and she's teaching a, a senior yoga class in chairs. So, um, you know, I just want to say that because I want to bring it to everyone's level. Yeah. And I think that that's really important in showing that, yeah, you don't have to get on the floor where you're not sure you're going to get back up. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that you can sit in a chair and, you know, it, it can be adapted. Exactly. Um, can totally to be adapted. So what we have been, um, one of our focuses has been research on um, what is called Kirtan Kriya Yoga Meditation. And I just want to uh, go over quickly what is Kirtan Kriya. Kirtan Kriya is a 12-minute chanting exercise in the Kundalini yoga tradition that people have been practicing for thousands of years. This meditation involves repetitive finger movements or mudras, plus verbal chanting and silent chanting of the mantra, sa, ta, na, ma. And these are the finger, you can see the picture at the bottom. Um, at sa, you touch your index finger. At ta, you touch your middle finger. At na, you touch your, your ring finger. And at ma, you touch your pinky. And you just keep going, sa, ta, na, ma, for 12 minutes. It has a little bit of um, of a sequence to it, and you can people can learn more. They can email me. They can look it up on the website. Um, but um, what does this mean in English? Um, kirtan is a song because it's sung, and uh, these ancient primal sounds from Sanskrit come come from the words satnam, which means my true identity. So that's what this mantra means. And the Kriya, which is in the title, is, uh, refers to a specific set of movements or chants. And so in this yoga tradition, Kriyas are used to help bring the body, mind, and emotions into balance, thus creating healing. So we have actually done... Um, Curtis, can I have you just go back for a second? Can you, can you just sing it for us and show awesome. the hand signs? I think that would be helpful for people. Sure. So the hands will be in your lap, mm -hmm. but I'm just, of course, bringing them up here so you can see. And so you go, Satanama, Satanama. And then you do two minutes out loud like this, two minutes in a whisper. Then four minutes silently where you just do it in your mind. Mm -hmm. You keep doing your fingers. Apparently this, the, the different chant types of chanting and silent work on different parts of, the, of your awareness and of the brain. And then you go back in the whisper. And then, satanama, satanama. That's it. Twelve minutes. Well, and I think you know, to me, and I'm I'm a novice at this, but 
to me, what it does is it gets you to concentrate on nothing but that and, and pushes everything else away so that you can really just get into, into that, that kind of really quiet space, that peaceful thing. Cause it's just, it's repetitive. You know what to expect. You, you're, you're, you're part of it and nothing else really enters in. And um, I know for people who haven't done something like that, it can seem really strange, but I think you'll be really surprised at how you feel afterwards because it doesn't, and again, it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, you can, you can go, go with the flow with it and um, you know, to get yourself comfortable, just like you adapt, you know, to the chair yoga and stuff. Um, some people, you know, maybe they can't do it for a full 12 minutes initially, but it, but I would encourage people to at least start and, and try it because you're, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in breath and how that changes just our whole core. And I, I use, um, you know, the breath a lot just throughout my day, you know, get me centered. If I'm feeling a little wacky whack or feeling a little frustrated, it's just like, okay, just take some deep breaths. And, you know, it's, again, it gets back to that simplicity. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be hard. Um, but it is important to put the time and energy into it. So I, I thank you for showing people yes. uh, an example of that. Of course. And if people want to get, we have, we actually have a beautiful recording that is, um, it has a beautiful background music and it's chanted and it's basically, you just follow along with it. It's only 12 minutes and it's, uh, I think it's a $20 donation to the foundation and all proceeds, of course, support Alzheimer's awareness programs. So you can download it or purchase the CD, same price. Great. From our website. Um, and again, you know, th there's no magic bullet. This is not going to cure everything. But, you know, when you adopt this as a part of your healthy lifestyle, it will make a difference. Mm -hmm. And I'll show you a little bit more about what this research has done. So... I wanted to show everyone that these are the scientifically proven benefits of the simple 12 minute chanting exercise. Um, it reduces stress, improves sleep, reverses some, type, some symptoms of memory loss, increases energy levels, upregulates positive genes, increases your telomerase by 43%, which is a genetic marker um, decreases anxiety and depression, improves psychological well-being, enhances neurotransmitter function, increases blood flow to significant brain areas, reduces some risk factors for Alzheimer's disease, like depression, and, and more, and downregulates the genes that cause inflammation, meaning it balances the inflammatory markers in your, in your body and your blood. Oh, wow. That one I, I wasn't aware of. The other ones I, I was, but that last one I wasn't. And so many people have issues with inflammation. Oh, my days. gosh. It's big. Yes. Yep. So I am, again, I am not a, um, a doctor or a, a radiologist, but I want people to see this was the very first study that we did on, on um, regular volunteers, healthy people, with um with kirtan kriya so this was the before this is a spec scan 
um, with that measures um, blood flow to the surface of the brain. And this is the brain seen from the neck. So okay. bottom, not from the top. And so this is the before and this is the after picture after 12 minutes. So even somebody that is not trained can certainly see that the after is looks more puffy, so fuller and more um, symmetrical. Look at the back here. I don't know if you can see my, mm -hmm. my mouse here, but the back is sort of asymmetrical um, on the before and it's fuller and symmetric after. And these little dimples at the front, at the top, they really, it means um, reduce blood flow. That's what it means. And so look at 12 minutes later, how mm -hmm. it's more just healthier. It, it does look healthier. So this was the first study and it really propelled us into this work. And so from there, we've done... Curti, can I ask on the one slide there? Um, in the middle, it looks like there, there's like a dot. I know. It's really cool. Um, they, they think, so the radiologists um, think that it's the thalamus that is activated. Okay. And, uh, but they don't know because they've never seen it before. Okay. <laughs> So it's quite an impressive um, picture. And so we've done since then, this was uh, completed in um, 2008, I believe. And um, we've done since then a num at least five, six studies. And, uh, you know, for the benefit of our presentation, I want to show people that one of them, you know, showed that meditation had an improvement in, con in cognition. Whereas the relaxation, which was actually uh, just listening to music, um, had not, you know, an improvement in, relax in, in cognition after eight weeks. Okay. So something is working with this technique. Um, and also, this is a very interesting slide that shows, uh, you know, it, we measured telomeres or telomerase, which is... Um, the end of your DNA strand at the very end, the cap, it's the cap on your DNA. And uh, so it's the genetic measurement. And we measured that we showed an improvement in genetics. So meaning that technically speaking, what happened was that this, uh, this enzyme that covers your, you know, your DNA strand was, in, was stronger. So, wow. It's it's a it's a significant um, it's very significant benefits um, for really just doing tapping your fingers for twelve minutes. Yeah, <laughs> this way, you know. And uh, I I really like this slide because this was used by UCLA, you know, when they were recruiting to do the study, and they said yoga for mild cognitive impairment at UCLA, and they have you know this. Um, of course, mature uh, individuals. Um, I want to tell you that this work has, um, has been uh, presented and featured in medical textbooks like these. Um, in, uh, um, we've had 30 papers published in prestigious medical journals since 2010. Wow. The Journal of Alzheimer's Disease, the Arizona Geriatric Society, the Lancet, and more. 
And in 2017, our research was published three times in the Journal of Alzheimer's Disease. And I want to start with the one at the bottom, Meditation and Music Improve Memory and Cognitive Function in Adults with Subjective Cognitive Decline. Um, so this is to go along the lines of what we've been talking about, the, the yoga. Um, but also, our research is not only focused on this. We've been... Um, proud supporters and contributors to the finger, what is called the finger study, um, which is um, the Finnish interventional geriatric study for the prevention of cognitive disability that takes place in Finland and Sweden. And this study is the very first large study, 1,200 people um, over two years was the beginning part of the study, um, utilizing um, lifestyle measurements, li lifestyle interventions. And so it, it's really something that mirrors our four pillars of Alzheimer's prevention. And so um, we've been, you know, contributors and partners. And then we also sponsored a, um, a branch out of the study, uh, studying um, telomere length. So if you remember the word telomerase from before, this is the same concept and they're and they're showing that even genetically not only cognitively people have improved but also genetically um, people have improved and in fact people with um, the apoe4 gene improved the most really yes so it's incredibly exciting for us where you know we just want to continue doing this work forever because uh, the more you started looking at this, the more exciting news and empowering tools we discover for people. I'm, I'm going to have to pass that on to one of my uh, uh, members in our memory cafe just had the genetic testing and they have that. <clears throat> in fact, they have two oh, of, wow. of that gene. And um, so I'll have to pass this on to them because I know their, their kids are a little bit worried about it as well. And this might be something for them to, to consider. Certainly. And if they have any questions, they can certainly email me. Okay. Now, you, with all of this, you you've also are um, kicking off a training academy. Um, can you give us an overview of the brain longevity therapy training and elaborate basically on the benefits of the course for people? Yes, I'd be delighted to. So we just felt that in our, the growth of our organization that it was time to start training other professionals on these concepts and these modalities because unless somebody's really has had the time to study, you know, all of this, um, or, or maybe some people are very kind and some people are very intuitive, but otherwise it's hard to sort of, start, you know, adopting this uh, kind of a lifestyle approach when you see patients or clients that are elderly and need uh, maybe some kind of coaching in this, uh, in this way. Um, and so we, at the end of last year, we launched our very first brain longevity therapy training event. And um, it was very successful. Um, as I said, due to the aging of our population, there is a great need for evidence-based lifestyle tools that help older adults stay mentally healthy and sharp 
and remain active members of our community. And therefore, we created this training program. Um, the program is designed for neuroscientists, healthcare, any um, allied healthcare providers, leaders in the healthcare industry, so even administrators or people that are in charge of programs at independent living communities, mental health therapists, caregivers, um, and even individuals who want to learn how to improve their own brain health. Specifically, you know, we want to work with um, people that will go out and disseminate this to their community, ministers. We've had, um, you know, nurses, uh, occupational therapists. So people that, you know, have a profession and they, they already see seniors or they want to start seeing, you know, specializing in serving the older community. Um, and so we want to give them these tools and the next, um, the next, um, actually session of this therapy, uh, brain longevity therapy training will take place in just a couple of weeks at Kripalu, um, yoga center, yoga center in uh, Massachusetts. So anyone listening that would like to really learn this, come and join us. We'd love to have you. And uh, I just want to share some of the testimonials we had. And um, the staff is exceptional and very accommodating. Materials and organization of curriculum was great and beyond expectations. The speakers were awesome and leaders in their field. Um, someone else said that the faculty is amazing. The research was interpreted in a meaningful way. I now have a program that I can share with my family and community. Because that's really what we want. You know, it's about... It's about expanding this movement, like you said, for outside mm -hmm. speaks. And then the, another person said, this was one of the most amazing experiences that I have had. The training exceeded all my expectations and was so much more than a training. It was an awakening for all of us to go out into the world and make a difference. Wow. What, what great testimonials. And I love, you know, how they're all basically saying this has touched me personally. This is way beyond work, you know, and, and that you, you took something that was, you know, cause research can be really complicated and just go right over our heads, but you, you brought it back to the, the people's level where they can apply it and, and you kept it again, simple. Um, so that they felt it was something they could do instead of, Oh, this is just going to be too much. Right. Right. And we're, we're offering, you know, ongoing support. Um, as part of the training. So again, if anybody's interested, um, you can look up our website, alzheimersprevention.org. Wonderful. Now, you had mentioned earlier that this is your 25th anniversary. Um, it it's amazes me, you know, how long you've been at this and how long it's taken for um, people and professionals both um, to embrace you know, the work that you're doing, because it's, um, I think a lot of people just looked at it as foo-foo, and people are seeing that there's, there aren't medical answers right now, um, you know, in our traditional uh, 
line of medicine here in the U.S. and people are really expanding and looking, looking for more. And now you've got the research to back it up. So, you know, what's your what what is your vision for the next twenty five years, and and how do you plan to grow and move forward? Well, <laughs> we have two big um, visions. Uh, the first one is we are funding um, a large research project on women and we're calling it the pink brain project because women are um unfortunately we are both women and um women are very are more susceptible susceptible to alzheimer's and dementia than men and it's a, a little bit unclear still why that is and so we want to um there are there are a lot of uh, I mean, there are some ideas, including that women live longer and that um, going through menopause affects the brain. And so there might be something there and we are committed to studying this. So we call it the Pink, the pink Brain Project. The study will begin shortly at UCLA. And, uh, and then the second big goal that we have is training 1 million brain longevity specialists. So um, it will happen, I'm sure, and we're, you know, we're excited. People are very receptive. Um, there is a tremendous need. Mm-hmm. And so, um, of course, the people that are ill and are suffering from Alzheimer's, they need care and their families need to be supported. And we can't just not think about the people that may be at risk or are at risk and mm-hmm. may develop it. Um, and so, you know, there is a need for being more more empowered about taking responsibility about, you know, about their health lifestyle choices. Mm-hmm. So. Wonderful. Well, that's, that's exciting. Are you guys working, you know, like with Maria Shriver, she's got her women's Alzheimer's movement. Are you aligned with her at all at this point or? Minimally, but I believe that we will be more and more. Yeah, because with, you know, her, I mean, she's raising funds, and I know that she's looking specifically for, you know, um, research projects specific to women. Yeah. And and so that might be great, uh, a great alliance there. I, I know Us Against Alzheimer's, you know, has their women's group as well. I mean, this is, uh, it's an area of, of need, that's for sure. And I love your goal of, of getting a million brain longevity specialists. Are you going to do kind of a train the trainer with the program or is that is that part of it now or something yeah, it is it is right now a train to trainer program okay and uh, we're also going to we're expanding our faculty so there will be more teachers mm-hmm. <laughs> and also we're going to launch it as an online course okay so wonderful yes that, that's all in the works <laughs> A lot of work. It's a lot of work when you've got passion. It, the list never ends, but um, it's it's exciting to see what all you have accomplished and um, the work that you're doing. Are you guys going to be at the um, Alzheimer's Disease International Conference yes. this year? Yes. yes, we're presenting. We're presenting a poster, and we have a booth. Yes. Oh, good. Good. Are you I st- going? 
I, you know, I'm got to be out in another, I can't remember where, where I am. I, I might be able to sneak there a day before just for a day or so. I'd like to, um, since it's here in the U S and I'm in Minnesota, so it's not far away. I just don't know if I'm going to be able to make it work, oh. but, but it would be fun to, it would really be fun to be able to go. So I'll have to see, have to see on that. Yes, so. Let me know. Yeah, I will. I will. Um, Curdy, what's the best contact information for people to get a hold of you? Thank you. Um, so, yes, this is our website, alzheimersprevention.org, and this is my email, kirti at alzheimersprevention.org. If anyone has any questions, feel free to email me. Um, I'll be happy to hear from, from you and um, see how we can uh, help. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time today. In wrapping up again, I just, I so appreciate and honor the work that you guys do. And um, I, I totally believe um, that you are just making such a huge contribution to the world. So um, keep up the great work. And I, I want to give a shout out to a couple other companies before we close. One is just the Memory Cafe directory. If people are looking uh, for a Memory Cafe, uh, Calendar Cards um, has a, a system that kind of helps you organize your life if you're living with dementia uh, to be more independent. But they have a directory. I, I think it's easy one out there to use it's and Dave really keeps up on it where the rest of us <laughs> have had a tough time um, we're approaching almost 450 memory cafes now in the US but it's just memorycafedirectory.com memorycafedirectory.com and you know that kind of falls into your your spiritual piece and and kind of that psychosocial and in being connected with people which is great uh, the other one is the American senior magazine they just do a, a fabulous job um, engaging people through storytelling, through pictures, and they also have um, activities there um, designed to engage and, and kind of keep keep that brain going. Plus, it's all large print, which I personally love. The American Senior Magazine uh, com for further information on that. And and as always, um, you know, please check out our other formats on alzheimerspeaks.com. There you'll find information not only on the radio show, but the blog and our dementia chats, which is a platform similar to this, but I interview people with dementia and they just have great insights of how they feel and what they'd like the world to look like and how they'd like to be treated in the future. Very, very helpful for both, uh, both staff and family members and, and people diagnosed. So again, appreciate uh, you being part of our audience and our community. And we would love it if you would share this information and help Curdy spread the word of, of their wonderful work and what they're doing. So thank you very much. And we will talk soon. Hello, everyone. And thank you, Lori. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.